Welcome to the KMLD Personal Growth Podcast with your host, Carl Murray. Each week, we discuss relevant personal growth topics and how each can grow into whom God intended us to be. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Ushauri on Impulse Radio Africa, where we discuss growth, growth topics that can help us as Africans grow. I'm your host, Carol Murray, speaker, trainer, coach, and NLP practitioner. Uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about reverse racism and other stupid things <laughs> that we do in Africa that holds us back. Now, before we get to that, um, last week on the show, we spoke about keys to achievable outcomes. And uh, we listed uh, a couple of keys. I'll run through them again quickly. Uh, we started with stating your goal in the positive defining where you are, specifying your outcome, specifying milestones, congruency, um, self-initiated or maintained goals, contextualizing and defining your resources. And then the last one was, is your goal ecological? I hope you, I hope you enjoyed that show. I was flying solo last week, which was uh, quite boring to say the least. Um, but today, we've got a, a special guest, Mr. Bright Tembo. Uh, he's a chartered accountant um, by profession, but a consultant based in Zambia, and uh, I'm with him here today in Malawi. So as I introduce him after our first quick music break, we'll ask him to tell us a bit more about himself, and he is going to give us his point of view on some of these topics that we talk about as the most educated person in the room. So <laughs> I want to thank our sponsors, the Impulse Media Group, for making today's show possible. Impulse Media Group was established in 2020 to close the gap between all 55 African states and promote post-colonial reinstruction. You can connect with Impulse Media Group via their website, www.impulseradioafrica.online. Remember, that's Impulse without an E or their Facebook page at Impulse Radio Africa or via email on info at impulseradioafrica.online. We'll uh, pop back to, to Tengi for a quick music break, and when we're back, we'll be with Bright, and we'll start with the first part of our topic, reverse racism. Over to you, Tengi. Okay, welcome back. We've had some, uh, some good Zambian music going in the background there. Well, for us, the background, you obviously heard, <laughs> heard it straight out. Um, before we start... Please, uh, today, I want to really invite you to, to participate because we're touching on topics I think that a lot of people want to talk about, but often we don't. Um, and the first one is reverse racism. So if we're saying something that resonates with you, please send us a message to plus two seven six seven triple six nine one five zero on WhatsApp. That's not a call in line. That's for messages. So pop a message through to that number. So before we start with our topic of reverse racism, um, I'll introduce you to my guest today. Um, he's a colleague and a good friend, Mr. Bright Tembo from Zambia. Um, I have a lot of things to say about him, but he's sitting too close to me, so he'll hit me. So I'm going to let him introduce himself. Um, Bright, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about you, your history and what, uh, what you're doing at the moment. Uh, okay, good morning, uh, Karel. Um, You've already told them that I'm a chartered accountant. <laughs> um, I was uh, born and raised in Zambia many, many years ago. I'm on the other side of 50. 
Um, I've been an accountant for about 30 years, um, mostly in industry. Um, <clears throat> I was with the mines for about 20 years in Zambia. And then thereafter, I worked for the World Bank. I've been in telecoms, I've been in security. And now I'm a consultant with uh, Ndlovu Africa Consulting. Um, we're here in Malawi on a consulting job. And yeah, it's going well. So I have to assume with all the places you've worked and being a chartered accountant, you've been in the UK, you've worked with the World Bank. So you're not a stupid person. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> no. <laughs> and arguably, you're the most educated out of the people in this room today. <laughs> so so <clears throat> one of the things we, we've spoken about a lot in the last, gosh, how long have we been here? We got here 13 May, 14 yeah, May. 13th of May. 13th of so May. We're, we're heading towards two months, 10 days away from two months. Um, and, and, and one thing we've spoken about a lot is racism, but not racism in the way we know in South Africa, where we perfected it with apartheid, right? Mm -hmm. We were like the best at it, <laughs> besides for the Americans and their slavery and all that. Mm. But reverse racism. Now, I'm sure people out there are thinking, what the heck is reverse racism? Is there even <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> Tell me, what's your... What do you think reverse racism is? Um, reverse racism is, is um, a situation where you use the other race to your advantage. So, so I'm being used. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, if you're listening, I'm white. So if, uh, if you're wondering why I'm the victim of racism here, it's because I'm white. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that comes in very handy at times. Um, <laughs> typical situations are when you're going out to uh, negotiate a contract and you want to lend credibility to the, to, to the team, you carry a white guy with you. <laughs> All you do is let him say hello, and he keeps quiet thereafter, and you negotiate the contract. Um, it's, it's, it's not such a nice thing to do, but if, if you've let the white guy know why he's there, um, sometimes it's acceptable. Okay, so now my, my problem is no one let me know anything. <laughs> before I came to Malawi. <laughs> and, and I really would like to think I'm being used for more than just the, the color of my skin. But, <laughs> but it's true, right? I was, even, even when I was still working in Zambia, I was approached countless times to, to act as a member of the board for companies. Yes, yes. Just simply because when they put their pictures in the company profile, they had to be a white guy. And that made them credible, right? That gave them the substance that people needed. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a stupid way of looking at things. And, and probably that's why you said we're talking about stupid things today. <laughs> but definitely in Africa, we have this stupid habit of thinking that if there's a white guy involved, then the deal is credible or that the job will be done properly. I mean, simply because there's a white guy... <laughs> Tell me, does that change anything? No, I mean, because in, in most cases, if we look at the people that we've met with, um, 
not only here, other people we've, business people we've interacted with and intellectuals. Most of those guys absolutely do not need a white guy or anyone from any other color or even from their own color in a certain office, uh, if that's a political <laughs> backing that you need. They don't need them. They, these people are intelligent. They know exactly what they're doing. So why, why are we doing that? Why are we saying that I'm not good enough and you need to put someone else there to, to uplift my, my value? I, I think in, in, in Africa, we still haven't overcome uh, the inferiority uh, complex. Um, to a certain degree, we still think we are inferior to white people and, and we tend to respect white people more than we should. Um, I've been in Malawi almost two months and the number of guys here with PhDs and masters and MBAs is phenomenal, okay? <laughs> These buggers are educated, yeah. okay? But they still prefer to have a white person in the group to lend credibility to what they are doing. I can't understand it. <laughs> I mean, the, the one guy that came into a meeting, I, th I think we sat for, for five minutes in the boardroom listening to him reciting his, his doctorates and this degree and that thing, and I, I really felt small. <laughs> Even though I was, the, I was the white guy in the room, right? Yeah. I felt like, like nothing because this guy was so qualified. But what is perpetuating that? Um... I think there's a corruption has got something to do with it. Okay. Um, there's also, well, I don't know, the, the, the way we do business seems to, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words because it's such a stupid thing. Yeah. But, but nevertheless, um, um, I've come to realize that Yes, um, it does exist. And unfortunately, people don't realize that sometimes it's even to their disadvantage. We can talk about the black pastors who are ripping <laughs> people off, but the white pastors are even worse. <laughs> it's, we are better, not worse. We are better. <laughs> but when you, when, you, when you talk about the corruption part, <clears throat> I think a lot of, if, if we go back uh, 10, well, 15, 20 years, um, when, when Zimbabwe went through their phase where they, where they booted out all the, the white farmers, um, which, I mean, everyone has their opinion on that. If you watch the documentaries and what people say on how it happened and uh, why it happened, um, oh, hang on. I see uh, Tengi has popped in a comment there. He also wants to join in the conversation today. Tengi, <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs> it's just positioning his mic, hitting buttons. I can't hear him. Uh, Tengi, your, your connection to us is still muted. Sorry, guys, we're, we're technical experts today. Yeah. There yeah. we go. <laughs> okay, cool. So I was listening to what my mother from Zambia, Gabon and Zambia, got a beautiful story, eh? deeper than, uh, you know, the, the person. I think politically we're involved, socially we're involved. <laughs> and I like them and they like us. Eh? And 
uh, by the way, you need to give me uh, Gabon uh, the African Cup because we gave you one. Remember that? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for, for me, the, 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 the racism moment, your topic is interesting, racism, but racism and, and the way black uh, behave around the white people. For, for, for me, it comes from the beginning in terms of the loss of the civilization, the loss of uh, the history of Africa. You know, uh, African, I don't blame them today. It's been, for me, it's more than uh, we are in a stage of restitution in terms of who they are, where they're from, and what was the civilization like. Because if you see the people today, they seem to come from another planet. Uh, Black seems to be from another planet and landed here. And their civilization seems to start from the arrival of white people in Africa because the history of Africa is wiped out. So the new generation don't know where they're from. They identify themselves to the white people and to the white civilization. So for me, blaming them today, I say, no, I think it's a, it's a time where Africa and African intellectual and scholars need to restore this history to give them back an identity so that they can basically uh, see themselves as uh, people like the Greek president of Zambia who just passed on, uh, as a Lumumba, as, you know, even those people, when I speak to my son every time, if you ask him who's Patrice Lumumba, he doesn't know. If you ask him who's Kenneth Kaunda, he doesn't know. But if you ask him who's Napoleon, he knows Napoleon. So how do you don't expect black people when they see a white man to think that this is Jesus in a new version? Because even Jesus is portrayed white. Whatever we live in is a civilization who's been endoctrinated, who's been planted inside. So I think if they knew better, they would behave better. But as long as we will say we are educated and we go forward with the civilization, we will not do this effort of reintroducing and re-educating our own civilization to our own people, I think that we're going to fight the same fight. Same like racism. I think there's no racism. I think it's because we don't know each other. I think it's a fear. It's a doubt. We, there's people who are in survival mode and there's people who think that, ah, who am I? Am I white? Am I black? Am I, you know, it's both sides. I think even white people, there's no racism there. Sometimes it's more fear and, and known. But black people is more for me at this point is about who are we? Are, are, are we the kid of the white civilization or are we African? And what was our history? I don't know if my brother will share that with me, but for me at this stage, I think if you want to pass quickly this stage of uh, uncertainty and, and, and stupidity is go back to the sources. Let's have our educational system reintroduce the history of Africa. Let the kids know who they are. Let them know that the Hayes leaders, female and male, who built this continent, who fought against people like the Arabic. To, you know, we don't know that. That's why for me, when the black guy see a white man, of yeah. course, you see that, ah, this is basically my... My mentor, this is basically yeah. the yeah. right. You know, you absolutely right. I mean, when you when you talk about famous inventions uh, in the world today, yeah. there are a lot of inventions that were uh, done by blacks. The yes. air conditioner, and 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 to name a, a whole lot. But mm-hmm. somehow we seem to have thought that uh, this white skin seems to be uh, <laughs> superior to our own. And, and 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 that's what perplexes me. But I've I've learned how to use that white skin <laughs> to my benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Because because uh, most of our Zambian uh, or our African deals are, are fraught with corruption. 
Whenever you put a white man there, people think, ah, it must be a clean deal. If there's a white mm-hmm. man involved, it's a clean deal. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's, that's what we do. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the whites also do that to us. They will mm-hmm. go uh, and tender for a job, and they know that they won't get it unless mm-hmm. there's a black amongst them. Yes. Right? Like so we're yes. using each other, and I think it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 so, so even if we go back to the, the education side that you mentioned, Tengi, the whole thing mm-hmm. is to depoliticize it, right? Because mm-hmm. I'll use South Africa, which is a perfect, perfect example of this. When, when I was at school, our education system was really good at portraying whites as superior and blacks as yeah. inferior, right? The history, like they say, is written by the, the victor. So yes, we don't get the right history. We get the history that props up what the, the power of the day wants everybody to know. So when we re-educate the people, when we want to look at this post-colonial thing and getting people to understand that the history is not exactly as we've been taught it, we also must make sure that no new political things go into that to just yes. simply support the, the government of the day. Everybody yes, exactly. needs to know the facts as they are. You know? so, so true, proper, factual history is, is what we need to educate people with. Going back to the, the whole Zimbabwean thing, when, uh, when everything fell flat and, you ha- and people were buying bread, uh, a loaf of bread with a wheelbarrow full of money, <laughs> which if you ever saw that, it was disturbing to say the least. I, we ended up, um, I was staying in Mozambique and we, we were still busy waiting for my work permit and we were crossing the border at Mashipanda mm-hmm. uh, into, uh, into Zimbabwe to spend a night in Mutare and then the next day we would go back. So we went with our credit cards as we do and a couple of hundred bucks we got to the hotel, Holiday Inn, so not a, a local place, you know, proper international hotel. And we asked how much it was for the night. They told us, and <laughs> we, we wanted to give them the cash, and they were shocked when we took out the dollars. We'll get arrested. They sent us somewhere under a tree to buy a bag of money. No one counted it. And when we got to the hotel, we gave them the bag. They sort of felt the weight and said, yeah, this is okay. <laughs> it's enough. Wow, <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> and, and at that time, when things fell flat so badly, that was because of poor decisions, because of corruption, like, like, uh, like you've both said, um, the corruption is, plays a very big part in it because immediately people go back to when whites were there and they see that as the better time. Yeah. That something was done right. But we were just better at hiding things. We've had years in the West, yeah. to learn how yeah. to be corrupt and not let people find it. Yeah, I think uh, on my side, uh, I don't know my brother wanting to go ahead, but for, for, for me, uh, corruption is not new. I think it, that's why I say the, the, the history of Africa is wounded very deeply. You know, we speak about leadership, who should be leader and, uh, today or who should not be, uh, when basically the political system moves. Um, might not fit the reality of a certain region in Africa. You speak about Zimbabwe, but I will generalize it to Africa because it's not only Zimbabwe. We, we get to, to ask questions like, uh, why, uh, why uh, American and European came and deport certain type of black people to make them aware of this continent and why they left, and why they left some? So you can go to those type of questions and say, 
did the did the black who left, who stayed on the continent were were part of which type of society? Were they the were they the poor? Were they the king? Were they, you understand? Because yeah, today, yeah. when you see when you see who lead Africa, first of all, and they never been chosen by the, the communities. First of all, they've been imposed by foreign identity or by basically force. So corruption. If you speak about the word corruption, I would say from my tribe, when someone comes to my place or I want to do business with someone, give him a gift. So the new society might call it corruption, but I don't think for me it would be corruption. It would be a gift. So how would you escalate from that to the corruption that you have today? For me, it's the misunderstanding of what is uh, politics, first of all, what is uh, democracy and others. I think we are not ready to adapt those concepts if you don't know the foundation of those concepts. I think it's just been, yeah. Yeah, take another stupid example. A a person's measure of wealth, yes? Mm -hmm. They think that if they move into a white neighborhood, then they have succeeded, right? Exactly. Yeah, and if they see more blacks moving into the neighborhood, <laughs> they say that the neighborhood has gone to the dogs. <laughs> no, <It's dangerous>. yeah, <laughs> how <laughs> you know? So, 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 I should be one black in a white neighborhood, and then I'll Another feel best. nice because I have the best, yeah, yeah, and you're but, probably more at risk there anyway, <laughs> yeah, of you course. Know? So, 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 there's, so, there's so many stupid things that we do, (laughs) recognizing the white skin as being pure and uh, better than the black skin. Um, And I can tell you there are so many black millionaires. If if I lived in a black millionaire neighborhood, I would be much more Mm -hmm. comfortable than in a white millionaire uh, neighborhood. But yeah, uh, there, there it is. We've got this re- reverse racism where the blacks are more comfortable sitting with the whites than they but, are but my, sitting with their own fellow blacks. May I ask you a question, for example? Don't you think that uh, at this stage also is what is portrayed by their own leadership uh, as an intellectual, as a politician leader of a country? We saw Malawian president or king landing uh, after the day before yesterday in Malawi and find some type of struggle and take the plane back straight to Dubai. Don't you think that it should come from the elite first to show to the the, the, the vast class that we need to be proud of ourselves, we need to, to believe in ourselves because so far the leader of Africa invests more outside of Africa than in Africa and that's why we see all this reverse racism because if your leader doesn't believe in himself and is on color, how can you believe you are the masses? Yeah, I, I mean, in, in Zambia, we've got a situation where we've got uh, top-notch hospitals run with Zambian doctors, but people still prefer to go to South Africa for treatment because they are white doctors at uh, UCT and all the other uh, hospitals, Morningside and so on. Is the Mozungu medicine any better than the black medicine? The, the, the medicine oh, well, you find in well, We buy it from the same Chinese that everybody else is. So, exactly. so it's no difference. <laughs> so so, 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 so we, we are actually yeah. a danger unto ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that. But like I say, uh, 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 I believe it, it shall be a, a common effort from leadership also to, to bring it to a table uh, you know, and to set up an example. 
I mean, uh, I see Central African Congo president invested billion in, in Europe instead of investing billion in Negro business on town. And we see, even today, we see in South Africa, many black billionaires move to Stank City just because it's the Mulungu place. We, we see this movement, but I think that if the elite start to be proud of who they are, I think the masses might also learn something about that. As long as the elite uh, avoid to be and embrace themselves, how do we blame the masses? That is where I stand. Because yeah. all our elites basically dream to be in Europe and work with white people instead of working with their own black people. Yeah. My brother, I'll take it even one step further. It's up to each and every one of us as individuals to start the reverse process on, on this issue of treating Muzungus as if they are better than us. Okay, so because I'm feeling really victimized here right now, <laughs> I'm going to tell Tengi to go for a break for music so I can kick Brian around a little bit this side. <laughs> and then when we're back, we're going to unpack that part of what we can do as individuals and what our leaders need to do. Specific actions, you know, and, and it's just suggestions. They can listen to it. They don't have to listen to it. As the individuals, we can apply what we have to. So we're going to head out for a, for a quick break. Before that, um, we're just going to, to thank another one of our sponsors, uh, NMR Consulting. Uh, the NMR is a consulting but, or boutique consulting service. They were established in 2013, and they specialize in strategy, enterprise, and human capital development. NMR is a 100% black-owned and female-managed organization. No white people for fronting people. For consulting excellence, <laughs> you can contact NMR at info at aep-nmr.com or you can call them on plus 27101410055. Over to you in the studio, Tengi. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that music. We had our own little new discussion going on in the background here. But before we get on to our new topic, let's, let's look at what, uh, what Bright and, uh, and Tengi were saying just before the break, where Tengi mentioned that it starts with our leadership. And Bright took it one step back and he said, yes, it does. But first, it starts with us, I guess, mostly because we put the leadership in, <laughs> in their leadership positions. <clears throat> and, and they live a very different life from us anyway. If we look at how presidents live and, and the, the world that they are exposed to and what the average African or African citizen is exposed to, there's a very, very vast difference. So what can we do day by day to change that perception that we have that one skin color is better than another? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just talk about when I walk into a restaurant and I see a waiter or waitress running to the Muzungu to serve them first, <laughs> as if the color of my money is any different. Um, I will certainly tell off the waitress. But, but you're not complaining now when we walk together into a restaurant because we get service first. And again, there, there are some places where if you walk in with a Muzungu, they won't even ask what you're doing there. But if you walk in alone, they'll say, but Buana, can you afford to be here? <laughs> you know? so, so, so once in a while, maybe, yeah, I'll carry a Muzungu with me. Um, but yes, definitely it's up to us as individuals 
to make sure that anybody who's going to discriminate against us on, on account of the color of our skin, we make it known that we are not happy and we strive for us to be treated equally. Um, I've got a situation where sometimes they give Karel a bigger cup than mine. <laughs> and I've told the lady that I also deserve a big cup. That is deep. To put that in context, the hotel where we are staying in Malawi, it's a, it's a Chinese mm. place, right? Mm -hmm. So, so their cups, everything is well, obviously Chinese. The cups are tiny. I don't even th think the Queen of England uses such mm. small little teacups. And that's yeah. the stuff they give you your morning coffee in. I mean, how the hell do you start your morning with a cup of coffee, 100 mils? I mean, yeah. seriously. <laughs> so after the second day, I just decided this is not acceptable. And I demanded mm -hmm. a bigger cup. So I started exactly. getting a bigger cup in the morning, but Bright and I are having breakfast every day together. So here I'm sitting with my oversized cup. <laughs> and I'm sitting with 100 mils of coffee. <laughs> He's sitting with, uh, with the size that his granddaughter uses when they have, have a tea party. So. <laughs> but, but, but you see, yeah, what I wanted to say, jump on this uh, context is, uh, they say in my village, uh, it depends on how you treat your family in the house before the, you know, there's a way when you stand in your family, the house you treat them so that if then you come to my house, you got already the level of respect that you give to your. You see, now you speak about the Chinese coming to Africa, where you get to Africa when Africans don't respect themselves. You get right. what I mean? Exactly. So for him, whatever is bring is better than what you have because at home you don't respect yourself. That's how I see that. And you being able to, to voice out, uh, uh, send them. Uh, a big sign, and I don't even know if they realize that you're an African, or what means you're African. I think they judge you through your color and say, we will obey you to them because it's from Europe. <laughs> bigger bigger yes, power. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that the context is very important. And if uh, we're going back to ourselves, I would say there's enough, I don't believe on ourselves. I think we've always been a unit. Uh, ourselves start, start in the family. I, I think that is where the first myself start. Is with a father, mother, and son, or a daughter, or whatever. And I think it all starts from there, where the unit approach and edu are educated in a certain way to don't have complex. Because like I, I see many families with a lot of complex, even inside, even in between themselves. Mm -hmm. They already install this unnecessary competition from home, will lead to other trauma for me. You know, I think if you can change the family units in terms of how we treat each other first at home with the love and the respect. I feel if each unit work on that, uh, the bigger side, like say the elite will come because the elite is from the family unit too. So I think let's start at home and maybe change some something where, uh, you know, in Africa, my brother, I realized that the young man is always wrong. That is something that I never see in other society. In Africa, when you're young, you don't have a say. And after that, you come from this unit where you were bullied, being as the young man who never been able to say something or bring any idea, you go back to the second level, what is education. In Africa, you don't have a degree, you should not talk. You see, there's yeah. plenty of things like this who I think bring frustration because I, I don't believe that a European society is built on only intellectual. Myself, I studied Machabal, and Machabal was not a master or PhD, but today, basically, we. Uh, 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 with all our thesis through Machabal books, 
You understand what I mean? But yeah. in Africa, we got this hierarchy who basically, for me, is a slavery to slavery to slavery who doesn't let the young man develop uh, having a place uh, in a society where he's always put like in a cage. And that creates frustration and complex. And for me, I think yeah. the unit, you see, if you can start to change this model and say we are all equal at home with respect, of course, because we are African, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that is the common sense, mm-hmm. but let's listen to the to everybody, you understand? I think right. that will change a lot because when it comes to now adult world, I'm telling you, me, I'm from Gabon. Uh, the, 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 the girl can talk in Gabon, start at Madrid. If you don't have Madrid, you are no one. You shut up. You, you, you understand? And yeah. even Madrid doesn't guarantee you work. You need to go to Boston mm-hmm. seven years. And after that, come with a master one, master two. And after that, you go to a PhD. But mm-hmm. you see, all these things frustrate the young African. All those things frustrate the family unit. All those yeah. things for me cause all this complex. Yeah, I, I, I raised I raised my children to know and believe that there was no superior race, whether it's an Indian, whether it's a white man, whether it's a black man, all of us are the same. They went to mixed race schools and um, I sent them abroad for, for, for their higher education and they learned how to survive in different uh, societies. My daughter was in Malaysia. My two sons were in South Africa at white schools. Uh, the, the, the 43 Air School in, in Port Alfred is predominantly white. And my son, who's black, was there. And I told him, I said, that just goes to show you that there's no <laughs> superior race. Anybody can learn how to fly an aeroplane. He's now a lieutenant in, in, the, in the Zambian Air Force, and he flies uh, transport cargo planes alongside uh, other white guys who are flying <laughs> passenger planes. Yeah. So, so, Fellow women. Let's call them women. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 so it, it does start with us both as parents and as an individuals. I lived in England for, for two, three years at a time. And I never thought at any point in time that a white man was better than me. And I get on very well with white green, blue, yellow, <laughs> because I am confident of, of myself. And mm-hmm. once you've got that confidence of yourself, it's easier to pass it on to either children or to yes. colleagues. And eventually, we will not need the white man to go with you for, to negotiate a contract. Exactly. So, exactly. so they, they what you've said now, now the coach has to jump in. <laughs> It's, it's the, the belief in yourself, right? Your yeah. the confidence in yourself. So, so that's the one thing that we need to teach our kids, that your exactly. abilities may not be the same as another person. And, but, and that has nothing to do with skin color. Exactly. It's purely with exactly. what God has blessed you with, what skills yeah. and, and talents that you've been given. And if they can believe in themselves, like your son, right, who, who, is an, who was a pilot. I wanted to be a pilot. So I'm jealous of him. You've got a white guy now jealous of a black guy. <laughs> but <laughs> without making fun of it, the, the, the biggest thing is that, and, and this goes back to what you said, Tengi, where the, the young guy has no voice, where they believe because you're young, you know nothing. But, and, and that breaks down the confidence, that breaks down that, that thing where, where I have no issue when I walk into a restaurant and I'm not happy with the size of my coffee cup 
where I can very quickly go and complain about that. And I can say to them, no, this is not good. I want a bigger cup. How do I start the day like this? And, and that's something that takes, that takes time. And if we break kids down when they're young, then it's almost, imp not impossible, but it's really difficult to change someone's perception and their confidence uh, the, as they grow up. But the one thing I will tell you is that if you're going to buy uh, any item and you are hoping to get a good bargain, don't carry a white guy with you. <laughs> the moment they see the white guy, the price goes up. But I've told you that myself. <laughs> we have said, let's go this. And I said, but look, Bright, if I get out of the car now, the, the, the price is going to double. <laughs> So, so, so it does pay to leave the white guy behind sometimes. No, no, that's a fact. In, in Zambia, I used to send, I, I had two really good guys that, uh, that I worked with, uh, Joshua Mwenya, and uh, before he came onto the scene, uh, Mazuwa Yamba, he, he actually worked with me when I first went to Zambia. And then after I left to Mozambique and came back, uh, he came on board again. But I would ask these guys to help and go buy me things locally. Because I knew that if I went to go and have to buy a mattress or a bed on the side of the road, the price simply doubles. Yeah. So when I needed my new patio furniture, you know, that woven grass uh, or whatever they used to, <laughs> to weave those benches and stuff, I, there's no way I was going to go myself. Yeah. And when you go to them, you say, I don't want a Mzungu price. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, no, so... So we have to change the confidence in our kids. And our governments have to show us the confidence. Uh, yes. And I believe also it shows you that uh, we're all part of the same planet in terms of problem, in terms of finding the solution to look uh, to suffer a better life. You know, and I like uh, what my brother said when we say uh, confidence starts with the parent to transmit that and you come with the gift and the purpose. You know, uh, we come in a society, we're now in a society where uh, we claim and, uh, to be equal, you know, and they don't define it properly, like democracy, equality and stuff, where they should basically say we are equal with, with different purpose and gift, you understand? So I think society also persists for confusion and promote this racism, uh, reverse racism or racism or xenophobia or whatever, because the society portraying the biggest lie ever, uh, saying to two human that you're equal in all the sense is the biggest lie. Why can't you say, no, we're equal in right, maybe, but this guy, this is his gift, and you can't envy that. Because exactly. You, when, exactly. Yes, when we're going to start to see ourselves or who we, we are, we really are, it will make a difference. You, you wanted to be a pilot. Uh, my brother, someone who's a black human like you, is a pilot. It doesn't mean that your gift you was to be a pilot. Today, his son also might be jealous of you because you are eloquent and can address to the continent and the continent listen to you, you understand? And that yes. starts with acceptance on who we are and what is our purpose. And the society today uh, portray us to be able to do what Mr. Carroll, what whatever X does as we can do it, and that is a lie. So I think that is the, 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 the starting point is how, how we can bring that on the table in the level of management and leadership and unit family unit to say, my son, you are not even like your brother. Your brother is born for that. You are born for that. Embrace it because no one will beat you on your own game. 
Exactly. People start to beat. Yeah, people will start to beat you when you try to be them. But when you are yourself, <laughs> when you are yourself, no one can beat you. <laughs> and, and and that's that's the whole thing. Be yourself. Believe in the talents that you have, and don't try and compare yourself to other people. And, exactly. and this is not only with colors. I mean, in yeah. in Zambia and in South Africa, tribalism yeah. is yes. still a big thing, where everyone believes that one tribe is better than another one. Uh, in, in, in Zambia, I know from my experience that the Lozis mm-hmm. believe they are better than anybody else. Yes. And, yes. and because I have friends in different tribes in South Africa, there are some tribes that believe they're better than others, but I'm not going to mention it because I might bump into them and they'll kill me. And you're not going to land back. You're not land back. And you know, in Zambia, we even practice reverse tribalism. <laughs> um, there have been situations where you know that you, you know that the, the, the company where you're bidding for a job is owned by Tongas. You will have a Tonga in your group to make sure exactly. that you get the contract. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that is so stupid. And it's, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I, I, I think you can also blame, I, I think like I say, uh, we got, Africa got a huge, long past history and trauma. You know, you, you, you know the way I will speak about the colony in our time where you had to divide to make sure that you can penetrate a group. You know, it was not easy to come to Central Africa and not divide them to be able to manage them. So I think that is a legacy of colonialism. And uh, today, we, we, we basically have the legacy of that time where uh, Africa was basically divide for me, properly and deeply divide to make sure that people can take the minerals and go. Because when we see in Senegal, uh, the, the houses are selling the, the, the locals or in the, the funds selling the below. You see, we've got even terms in Africa to, to differentiate ourselves. I yeah. think this is a work that the government yeah. shall do. I'm, 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 I'm a yeah. descendant of Shaka. Okay, yeah. and um, there's still part of me, the Ngoni part of me, that yeah. resists having things taken away from me. I yeah. resist having things <laughs> taken away from me, and I'm not gonna let any white guy take anything away from me. Yeah, um, I would like for 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 uh, my fellow Africans to get with the program and stop allowing mm-hmm. white people to take things away from them. Yeah. Um, if you're going to allow a white man to take away your dignity, then what are you left mm. with? Okay. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Okay. It's time to be proud to stand up and say, yes, if uh, I need to use this white guy to get something I want, I'm going to use him because he's been using me for a longer <laughs> time than, than I can remember. But, but definitely it's all about confidence and mm-hmm. we shouldn't allow anybody to take advantage of us as individuals, yeah. whether it's a white person taking advantage of you or a fellow black taking advantage of you, you shouldn't just allow it. Or, or, or people who simply put women on their boards now. I, oh, I think like, yeah. the, the whole BEE thing has perpetuated all of these dumb like, things yeah. that we do, right? Yeah. Because you're you're diminishing someone's value by saying the only reason you are on this board is either because you are black or because you are female. You know, and and, and that's absolute nonsense. I'm a firm believer that BEE as a system has failed South Africa because you are disregarding people's 
skills, their knowledges, and their true value. And people are being placed in places just because of that. I think the concept of BEE and the whole affirmative action, I think the idea behind it is perfect because there are injustices that have to be fixed. Yes. But, but to yes. now say that you, you are not qualified enough, but we'll give you the job anyway, because just, just so that we can score points. The whole I want to ask, thing yeah. is, is all about fairness. Um, the, 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 the gender balancing, even in parliament, mm -hmm. and so on. It's all about fairness. Yeah. People should be given an equal opportunity to compete. Yes. It, yeah. stops, it starts being stupid when you start deciding that 30% of parliament must be held by women. Right? Mm, what if yes. you don't have 30% to, to, to fill the spots? Are you saying yes. that you're now just going to put women there because you have to make the numbers? <laughs> you know, I, that's when it starts being stupid. Yes, so, 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 yeah, we want fairness, but we must apply it with some sense. That's what I'm yes. saying. But, but I, I would like to point something, Carrie. Uh, I don't know. Why can't we start uh, uh, with a common unit called? being a human, and after that, uh, measure those human through the capacity. I, I think this is what is missing in Africa, the concept of elite, you know. We, we not, you should not measure people by sex or color, but for, by what they can put on the table. Exactly. Let, let's say, you understand, let, let's say uh, Africa need to start to evaluate people. If you are competent, whatever is your color, you should get the position. It's not about because you are female or you are black or white. It should be about what can you bring on the table. You understand? That's why a, yeah, a, a yeah. value system like uh, uh, America will say number two is still a failure. You need to be number one. You know, competition. Who can bring something? I think Africa missed the point in terms of this equality of sex and stuff like this and color. I think we need to focus on excellence. Yes. Who can bring something on the table shall be given the position. Yeah. We, whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need to measure the aptitude. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've been uh, uh, involved in, uh, I've had jobs where they, you have to go through an aptitude test. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and the senior position, like finance director, one of the jobs mm -hmm. I had uh, with one of the multinationals, <clears throat> I had to go through a two-hour aptitude test. It wasn't exactly. enough that I was a, ch a chartered accountant with so many years experience. They wanted mm -hmm. to know whether I had the aptitude. And yes. what gave me comfort was that even the female finance directors who I came mm -hmm. to know who were in the group, they had gone through the same aptitude mm -hmm. test. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I was comfortable knowing that, yes, she's black, yes, she's female, but she had to go through the same aptitude test that I went through, and yes, she deserves to sit and call me a colleague. Right, agreed. Exactly. And, 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 and you know, I, I think that's where a lot of multinationals and big corporations have done it right, because if they have quotas to fill, they still make sure that the people they fill those spaces with are qualified for it. But don't you think that right now, um, and, and you, you said, Tengi, that in Africa, we're doing it wrong by letting the social things dictate what's going on, exactly. the, the, the race, the sex, and all that. But, but, you know, my opinion is that a lot of that, besides for the, the apartheid stuff and fixing that mess, a lot of these other things are still pushed onto Africa by the West. 
and and yes, we're seeing exactly. it now because everything is now has now got a social spin to it. There are now even courses being offered on social sensitivity for for HR practitioners and stuff like that exactly. in in light of the LGBTQ XYZ exactly. and and all yes. those things. And yeah. and and even in politics, no one is talking politics. The state is a perfect example. There's no more politics of this. Now the the politics are split about who supports LGBTQ and who does not. That's how you get your voters. And instead of touching yeah. on real issues, even donor issues. funding, even yes. donor funding yes. from the first world, it, they the the there's certain donor funding that will not come to Zambia or to to Malawi because they do not support gays. Exactly. And, 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 that's and I'm, I'm that. saying, hang on, there's something wrong here. Why mm-hmm. is um, LB, what is it? L- LGBTQ. LGBT. Yes, yes. <laughs> why is it being forced on a country? Yes. Yeah? Yes. You know, why, why should yeah. you withhold your aid because you don't like gay people? Uh, um, it's, it's, it's something that we still need to overcome. And yeah. unfortunately, sometimes beggars can't be choosers. And uh, that's where it all. <laughs> I, I like that. I like. I, I like. I like what you just said. Beggar can't be chosen. <laughs> and, and, and that is the sad position right now. Uh, we we are in a begging position where basically you should be the leader. You understand what I mean? Exactly. And we, we see we see Africa being imposed anything the West will want because we are in this position of begging. Yeah. We see African presidents always flu. Uh, always flying to go to Europe. Uh, and, uh, and in 2021, we still accept names like uh, France, Africa, Russia, Africa. We still accept that we've been taken like basically a kid. A big nation like South Africa will not even say, no, no, no. When we say France, Africa, we should say France, Af- uh, South Africa because we are a state, we are sovereign. Mm-hmm. Why do you put us under one bucket like we are your kid? It, it takes all the countries of Africa to wake up for me and, and, and change this mindset. So yeah. the beggar mindset needs to get away from our mind. Yeah. That's yeah. What, what, what's, what's so great about Great Britain? It's, <laughs> it's, a, little, it's a, a little island somewhere uh, up north, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah? Brit, Britain can fit six times over into the Zambia. Okay? Um, so, so, yeah, we, we, need, we need to stand up and have the confidence and stop begging and start doing things for ourselves. Maybe we'll be, the planet will be a better place to live. <laughs> I agree. So, so now we've touched on stupid things of reverse racism, stupid things in politics. We're going to go for a one-song music break, and then we're really going to talk about stupid things. <laughs> we're going to talk about, and it's not S-T-U-P-I-D. This is proper stupid, S-T-J-O-O-P-I-D, stupid pastors in Africa and how they screw us around. So, yeah. Tengi? Uh, back yeah. to you for a, for a music break. When we're back, we're going to upset a few people. <laughs> Enjoy the music. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the music. Before we start, let's thank one of our other sponsors, the uh, Alkebulan Chamber Association. Um, the Alkebulan Chamber Association aims to restore intra-Africa trade routes by promoting intra-Africa collaboration and investment. You can contact Alkebulan Chamber Association on plus 2772-348-7084. So, 
Now let's start our next part. We're done with uh, reverse racism. I felt way too much like a victim here at the moment. Uh, I now know what black people felt like <laughs> before, <laughs> being beaten up for everything. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm all right, I'll recover, I'll have a, a nice meal and then it's all good after that. Now, one of the other things that, uh, that Bright and I have had quite a lot of discussions, laughs, swearing and a whole bunch of other things about uh, we've been exposed to, <laughs> how do you put this politically correct? We've been exposed to seeing pastors in action. Now, I'm not talking about pastors that are biblical, God-fearing pastors. Um, maybe, let, let me put my, my history a bit into, con, into context. When, when, I, when I got married in Zambia many, many years ago, um, I was used to, up until that time, I was used to orthodox Afrikaner white churches where it was all doom and gloom. If you, if you looked at a woman with lust, you go to hell. Uh, if you don't respect your mother, you go to hell. Uh, everything was doom and gloom, burn hell. So uh, we had a healthy fear for God. <laughs> and and when, you, when you didn't do something wrong, it wasn't because of the love of God and the love of Christ and knowing that it was wrong, it was because you didn't want to burn in hell. So when I met my, my wife, and, and just before we, we well, when we started dating, um, she hauled me to a local church and she used to go alone. And I asked her once, why, why don't you invite me with you? Are you, in, are you ashamed of me being the white guy? And she said, no, it's just, it's an African church. And I don't know how you would react. So I said, well, try me. <laughs> So I went there, and <clears throat> she did try me. I, I was exposed to five-hour church services, which till today I can't understand why you have to pray that long sometimes. And I still don't understand how everyone falls on the floor and rocks around, and then the moment the, the pastor is done, the Holy Spirit leaves and everyone gets up, wrap their chitengas around them, and they sit down again. <laughs> It's like an instant thing that happens. So I understood that things are a bit different. Then after a couple of years, <laughs> okay, I got divorced, and then I met someone else, and I got engaged again. And um, a very, very godly woman, and she, she has through the times brought me back on track so many times when I lose my way, sometimes not very politely. But we were going to a church which was filled by mostly expatriates in, in Zambia and, and really good people, but we were looking for something just a little bit more. So we found, not we, th this is on her. She found <laughs> another church um, that she started going to for a while. And then after a while, she said to me, okay, I think I'm ready now to take you to this church. So we get hauled off to this church and I won't mention the name. Um, mm -hmm. Now, a lot of funny things started happening. And uh, if, if she does end up listening to this, I hope she forgives me if we're using the story. Um, my first question about the legitimacy of the church was when, when she was told, because she drives a, a nice Mercedes-Benz, that we have to be at church an hour or two hours before the service so that the pastor can go and be, sorry, he wasn't a pastor, he was a, a prophet, so that the prophet could go and be collected in a Mercedes-Benz because he must show up at church in style. And I thought, okay, fine, maybe their car's broken down and all that, so I, 
No, it's not so bad. She's helping out. She's serving. Anyway, the car goes, and we sit on the front step of the of the church for a while, waiting, and then eventually move inside. When they showed up with this pastor, he had a an entourage that even who, who who's that popular boxer? Uh, <laughs> Mayweather. 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 That's Mayweather. always flashing his money. Yes. <laughs> This prophet had a bigger entourage than Mayweather. They they formed this tunnel, like you see when when rugby teams run onto a field to play. He had this tunnel that led him into into the church. And and during the service, a lot of funny things happened. Um, The the, the first thing that, well, this this was now number four, I think, already, (laughs) that made me again raise an eyebrow with this guy was... Uh, he had a visiting prophet from uh, Botswana that was there at the time. And there was a guy in a wheelchair, and they were healing him so that he could walk again. Uh, so halfway through the healing of the, the, the Zambian uh, prophet, he, he had to call on the, on the other prophet to come and help him because he said, I don't have enough power in me today. The demon in this guy is too strong. So he called on the other guy. So I'm like, but what the hell? Is it your power or is it God's power that's healing this guy? Anyway, uh, okay, I, I'm babbling a bit now. The next thing that happened was they lined church in the, or chairs in the front of the church and they were telling the congregation, now to receive a blessing, you must bring something and put it on the chair in the front of the church. Put your car keys, put your wallet, <laughs> put whatever you have with you. I'm sure some people even traveled with title deeds for the blessing. And... Only once you put your things on the chair can God bless you. It, I mean, and, and that's non-biblical BS. But people went to do that. They put their stuff down. But now they couldn't just get the blessing. They had to ask people in the church to go and buy honey. And the honey then eventually was squeezed into their palms. And they would then lick it off once he has blessed the honey with his hand. And that's how, would they, how they would receive their blessing. And... Before we left the church, there was, there was a point where, where Yvonne looked at me, and I think we, we both sort of knew this was the last time we came to this church. Now, over the past years on television, we have seen a lot of these things. We've seen pastors spray doom <laughs> in people's grass. faces, eat grass. <laughs> there, 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 there was one a couple of weeks ago, um, where the pastor farted in people's faces. He made them lie down and then squatted over them and passed gas, and that was how they would consume the blessing. So my question is, and I won't say the whole word, I will uh, use an acronym, (laughs) WTF. What the hell is this? First of all, I can't understand how people can be so gullible. Um, There are a number of uh, pastors who demand things of their congregation, which I think it's just ridiculous. Um, And the first question that comes to mind is, why do we have to buy holy water? (laughs) I mean, if the guy has blessed the water... He should be giving it out for free. <laughs> but I have seen cases and cases of holy water 
mm. being sold at church entrances yeah mm. um and of course there's this healing nonsense um where i've come across people who are actually paid to pretend to be lame so mm-hmm. that they can be healed in the church and a lot of people know this um i've looked at old couples attending uh, church conferences um just here at the hotel they come every fortnight the the hotel is full with people from botswana from zimbabwe from within malawi even as far as south africa and even mm-hmm. as far as south africa there's even a lady who came from jamaica yes <laughs> okay to come and listen to this young chap hoodwink them for for for, for 72 hours um and i i i tried to find out i mean i'm god fearing but surely just a person with an ounce of intelligence can tell that they're being hoodwinked the donations that they have to give to this to these churches um you find the pastor has got a jet a lear jet and that's contributions from people who have flown from south africa to mm-hmm. nigeria to attend church now is the god that looks after south africa any different from the god that's in nigeria <laughs> okay why should i spend my hard earned money to fly to nigeria to go and listen to this guy a uh, pastor it makes no sense but batengi looks like he's is really taking this in as a comment <laughs> no 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 I'm, 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 you know they say you, you need to listen to to comment <laughs> and listen first but i think for me ignorance 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 there is also a, a feeling of uh, uh, i see many african this uh, spirit they don't have hope anymore you have many different situation but it, it, it takes me to back to my time where uh at first uh because I'm a Roman Catholic at first uh, a, a priest to say to me one day uh the thing of god you can use your brain to understand it and i answer i said but so why did you put a brain inside <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know so, some of some of the there's a, there's a lot of hypocrisy um in 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 what these guys do I mean they they're telling us not to be concerned about worldly goods okay mm-hmm. have you seen the pastors uh, the, the, how they dress these days exactly yeah exactly. they're wearing the most expensive clothes which i in in my 30 years of working would mm-hmm. never be able to afford and mm-hmm. they are telling me that i shouldn't be concerned about worldly goods have you mm-hmm. seen bushiri and how he dresses <laughs> Okay yeah there's many there's many like that <laughs> yeah but yeah Karen, you, you need to understand that charlatans charlatans I call it charlatans <laughs> they, they everywhere you, you understand but that goes back to the family unit how you've been raised you know is very important uh what is the position of god in your life and how they introduce you to god is very important because today is like uh, like you say when you see a pastor who look like jay z uh when you see a pastor who look like a floor my waiter you don't understand which type of god you know even the word god you don't know which god are they praying you know yeah. and and <laughs> and if these guys are for real yeah why do they wear masks 
because they should yeah. be immune to COVID. Fearless. <laughs> yeah, they should be fearless. Yeah. They should be fearless. fearless. Yeah. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, uh, I mean, there's no disease who should basically uh, make you scared of. Uh, yeah. That, that shows that they have another agenda. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so there's. The, 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 I think I think people need to rethink their their stance when it comes to going to church and uh, worshiping God through pastors. I believe in God, but I don't believe in pastors. And and these pastors, they should be a law governing pastoral ship. Just yeah, like we yeah. have uh, ethics that govern uh, accountants, uh-huh. we have ethics that govern doctors, there should be laws that limit the amount of fleecing that these pastors can do on, on people. Mm-hmm. A tithe yeah. is, is 10% of your income, but these guys are getting away with murder when it comes to getting material uh, support from their congregants. Yeah, look, and... Yeah, and, and, and Even no. the 10%, when you speak about the 10%, come on, you're speaking about all testaments, you speak about 10% of how much money compared to today. I think everything needs to be adjustable according to the context and time. Uh, even if you follow the Jesus, when you say, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, he put everything in context. Today, I think people are taking advantage. I think it's, it's, about, it's, it's about money. There's no, there no God inside. You know, it's about self-achievement. It's about me being on top of the world. I think the, the, like when you speak about regulation, it will come another problem. The egocentrism of the, the planet, where everybody thinks that, uh, why should I listen? Because God is omnipotent, omnipresent. So why some human shall tell me X or W? So religion for me in general is the problem. It's the beginning of all the problem. Because when we start to, uh, like my father used to say, you can't put the, uh, the, 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 the ocean in the bottle of water because the ocean is huge. It's like God. You can't define God by a religion. A group of right. persons, you know, I think it's here for everything, everywhere. So I think uh, where we are, when you see those people, I, I will not even, like when you say, uh, 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 you call it a uh, prophet, you know. Uh, <laughs> the, first time I, uh, the first time I heard prophet, I was so happy. I thought he would tell me when Jesus is coming back, but he didn't. So, <laughs> so you see those names is, is basically utilized today in a modern time in the wrong purpose for me. And all the purpose and the agenda behind need to be revealed. And that's why I think debate and, uh, and, uh, and scholars need to approach this matter and not let it just be. Because today, no one speaks about that. No one prevents our population about that. Those people are making billions over poor people more than even rich people. That is what is funny. Because where they make money is basically amongst the poor people more than the, the, the bush and others. So it's very scary that we abandon our, our masses to basically people who manipulate them and use them basically as a, a puppet and and a, a mining manager. Them for me, scale. Right. Like, I think we need to do something. No, no. I I, th- I think these pastors, uh, pastoral uh, activities need to be regulated. Yeah. Um, because they 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 are getting away with murder. Um, just like uh, everybody else needs to have a license. I I think these guys need to be licensed. And there should be rules yeah. Yeah. on how much they can get from their congregations. Um, they, they are making our poor people poorer by making them believe that 
by giving of themselves and of their wealth, they are going to get more. It's it's ridiculous. The, the, the mere the mere well, the the base of the tithe, and and I still believe in tithing, but maybe my concept of that is is a bit different because I don't believe necessarily the tithing has to go to your church. You can tithe anywhere. It's giving back to God. So. For me, if I'm supporting an orphanage or a young family that is struggling financially mm-hmm. and I help them, I consider that as my tithe. Now, yeah, the, exactly. some of the listeners might then argue, okay, fine, but now you're changing the Bible to suit you. Yeah, yeah okay, maybe, maybe to an extent. But if we put it into context, that's how I see it. I'm helping someone and I had an exposure at a very young age to our Orthodox minister in, in the small town where I grew up, they stayed right next to my, my brother's oldest, uh, oh, my dad's oldest brother. And these guys, they didn't have a job, their husband or wife, they were just full-time ministers. They had a boat, they had a BMW, a Mercedes-Benz, the kids had motorbikes. And here we were sometimes with my mom struggling to put food on the table for us. And you're thinking, but does God then not love us less than them. <laughs> so, so, so that for me was always a, a struggle until later on I got to understand that, you know, it's not necessarily God because it's the pastors. And, and this is where, Tengi, when you said religion, religion is not the same as faith. Yeah. If, if you believe in God and if you have faith, that is different from a religion. And most religions uh, th- that we see today, most denominations, uh, I, know, I know that uh, the, the Jehovah's Witness, okay, maybe, maybe I shouldn't even talk about them because that's a whole separate <laughs> But <laughs> for another day. That's next week, people. Yeah, next week. <laughs> but it's, you, you, it's, a, it's a whole program on its own. <laughs> you, you have a... <laughs> that is the deeper, it's deeper. That, that's the deeper one. <laughs> um, but you have a lot of churches where, due to conflict, they break into different uh, denominations and exactly. groups from things. So how, how do you decide which one is the right one to follow? And, and I was always told, simply go back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. If things people are teaching is in the Bible, if you can find it there in context, then you're on the right track. Yeah. Now, it, that doesn't mean that we have to stone people for when they do things wrong, like it used to happen in the Old Testament. Um, but w- when we see, b- before the show today, I, I figured that, l- let me watch a few YouTube clips on, on things these pastors do, you know, so I don't just talk about one or two things that I've seen. Th- th- there's a pastor in Ghana, and I, <coughs> I know some people from Ghana, so <laughs> I don't know if they've attended uh, that church, This pastor, he let women walk to the front of the church, drop their underwear, and I go Google this, people. I'm not making this up. He was shaving them after they removed their undergarments. He shaved them, and there was a guy holding a bucket for him to rinse the razor, and and that was so that they could receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the same as the guys that show up here on, on these every other weekend. Mm-hmm. You've got guys walking in, and, and Bright has even met some people here that he knows personally from, from Zambia, educated people, qualified people. Yeah. So, so the whole thing of 
being gullible or ignorant, you know, you, you sort of expect it disappears, but how the hell do, do, do you not see that by a pastor telling you to drop your knickers, <laughs> you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. So, so, so I mean, the, for goodness sake. There are some pastors who have gone as far as having intercourse yeah. with their, yeah. with their uh, parishioners because she wants to have a baby and mm -hmm. will inject his Holy Spirit into her. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 really. I mean, I mean, how, you know, there should be some law somewhere that says that you should not touch yeah. your, your, your congregants. Um, but it's, it, it, again, it's, it's, it's us, it's our people. Uh, there's somewhere where I read that religion is the opium of the masses and it's it's like when people attend these churches, they are in a trance or, or they, they, they are under a spell um, because anybody in their right mind can tell that this guy is just another human being like me. We all believe in the higher power of God, yes? But when it comes to God doing stupid things like some of the things we see these pastors doing, there must be a special place in hell for these guys. And if some of these pastors aren't going to hell, then I'm not going either. <laughs> You're refusing. Yes. <laughs> Show me your videos. This guy here? Is this guy here? No? Okay, I'm out. Then I'm, I'm going not to going. Heaven. See you. <laughs> but the, the regulation is very important. But this all goes back to the same thing that we had on the, on the reverse racism, right? It starts at home. If your kids are raised knowing the Bible and they know what the Bible says. So the first time someone comes to them and say, let me spray doom in your face. Or maybe they'll even upgrade it to Bagon. Or <laughs> let, me, let me spray something in your face and, and that way we kill all demons. The kids will immediately go and say, but hang on a second. I've never seen this. Maybe even sit in church and WhatsApp mom and dad quickly. Mom, can you check for me? Is this biblical? <laughs> and they will know. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, we, we went to one church with my granddaughter, and uh, this pastor was speaking in tongues. And my granddaughter looked at him, <laughs> then looked at me, and she said, Kulu, what is he doing? What is he saying? And I said, he's speaking in tongues. Why? <laughs> and I couldn't answer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah? Uh, 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 yeah. Speaking in mm -hmm. tongues, I mean, that's, 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 it's not a language. It's, it's, it's nothing. No, I believe that there are people, because the Bible talks about speaking in tongues, but I, I think a lot of people take that. And, uh, and can, can I jump there? Can yes, I yes. jump there? There's a friend who said, if me from Gabon come to deep uh, Kosa land and the guy speaking tongue, what is Kosa? How do I hear if it's Kosa or do I know Kosa? So when you say tongue, mm -hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? When you say tongue, tongue for me means a language. Uh -huh. So if I'm not 
if I'm not exposed to a language, how do I know that it's from God or not? Yes, because yes. it can be Kosa, it can be Bemba, it can be Fang, it can be Swahili. Right. But how do I know that? Because if we ask those pastors to create an alphabet for this language, mm-hmm. I don't think they can come with one. No, look, <laughs> biblically, the speaking in tongues comes from the Holy Spirit. But, yeah, but you need to have an alphabet. But, but right, it's, a, exactly. it's a language. It's yes, no, no, no. It's a language. It's not just babbling and habilabalabla. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> they, need to be, they, they need to be able to give us the A in this language, the B, the C, and whatever. Because yes. even hieroglyph, even Egyptian, managed to create an alphabet. So it means that each tongue is a language. So if all the Holy Spirit communicate through the Holy Spirit through the pastors, they should have the same language and be able to have a Bible with this language so that we know that it's a new language coming from the right. Holy Spirit. Right. But you from uh, the South, North, East Africa, babbling in, in, in nonsense, in no word, can't even communicate with that with other pastors. For me, it's the biggest lie ever. Yeah, so, 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 for, so for me, the test is always that, you know, the, the Bible says... And, and if, you, if you're actually being kind by just calling it a big, a big lie. Yeah, it's a big lie. It's a, it's a, it's a crime. You know, the, the Bible says that if someone is given to speak in tongues, someone else will be there to interpret. But now what you find in churches, right, is that all of a sudden, in one service, everybody can speak in tongues. Speak, thank you, thank you. Right? None of and, them and, can understand no, each other. And, 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 and in a lot of <laughs> churches, if they speak the same thing they saw on TV. So it's not like it is something that flows, you know, that, and bubbly, that is that's fully inspired. Saying. It's like they're reciting something that they heard somewhere on TV. I could well, easily say abracadabra backwards and I would be <laughs> speaking in tongues. Yeah. But so, for me, can, 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 we, can you put it on your, on your page? Let's, the pastors together, Give us the alphabet of this language. No, I'm going to let them put it on your page because just now they, they, some of these guys curse me and put some juju over me. Okay, okay, put it on, put it on me because I'm black. I can handle juju, so send it on me. <laughs> so, so this just goes back to the whole thing where, and, and I think some politicians maybe could be classed in the same way, where they're absolutely taking advantage of people's desperate, desperate need for relief in life, right? Because the the people who show up here, you can see, um, and when I say here, it's at this hotel where we are, where every second week there's this massive gathering. When these guys arrive from from a Friday onwards, they arrive here the way you expect people to show up at a biblical conference. They are on fire and everyone is God blessing everybody and they're hugging and you can see they have such joy in them. Mm. By Sunday or Monday morning (laughs) when they leave, those people are drained. They are finished, not because of all-nighters. You have to think that they come here with such hope and then leave with what? Less their wallet, less the title deed to the house. They left their car keys maybe, I don't know. I've I've seen lame people coming for these conferences and they've been leaving lame and they look depressed because probably they were hoping that they were going to leave having been cured of their infirmity and it's 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 so disappointing because they come with so much hope on the Uh friday and when you're seeing them leave on the sunday evening sunday afternoon you can see that they 
they have they didn't get what they came for yeah the reality kicks in exactly yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. and meanwhile the pastor is probably just trebled his bank account Yeah, he's the only guy who is the only one smiling yeah. after, after the whole event. The only guy who's going back up. <laughs> so I mean for for anyone out there if if you attend one of these services for me the moment you are asked to leave your house keys or your car keys or or something like that just just ask the question where in the bible I know in the old testament there were offerings that were left right chicken and stuff like this yeah yeah but, but but those things are all before the new testament those are old testament things yeah you want to say that that applies from the old testament yes then we will still stone people when you yeah. do something wrong and if your right eye offends mm-hmm. you so if you look at a girl with your right eye poke it out uh, and yeah. and so, so apply everything then if you want to use old testament logic so when you leave these when you get to these places check if it's biblical and check if it bloody makes sense to, to, and, and, to come and, and fart in someone's face for the spirit yeah. i mean come on and and, and offering mm-hmm. is just that it's an offering it's a show mm-hmm. of gratitude mm-hmm. exactly an offering is never meant to leave you worse than you were before it's exactly. it's you are celebrating the bounty if you had a good harvest you will take a part of that harvest and give to the lord through uh, through through uh, the offering it's not supposed to leave you hungry but these pastors of nowadays are demanding blood from their congregants mm. yeah and, and, and let's also just add a disclaimer this is not only in africa <clears throat> this happens everywhere some just do it better than others if you watch these uh, televangelists where this, this Sunday they talk about John 3:16 and John 3:16 says this so today you must give either $3.16 or $316 or $3166 and they bring out the point of sale machine for you to swipe a snap scan in south africa you can even there's a code uh, like these qr codes on yeah, the yeah. yeah in front of you so, so you, you can scan it you can scan it for straight so so you know that the money is going straight into the pastor's bank account exactly <laughs> why should you do that so my my view on the tithe is still i will tithe and i tithe to the church at times i'm not going to pretend to be mr goody two shoes and say i always do that but when i tithe and and this is the same as the the tithing i feel i do when i help someone on the street mm. and and people often say to me but they, it's going to be misused the funds are going to be misused if you have to give that money and question what it's going to be used for you're not giving it in the right spirit so when people say to me but that guy is just going to buy alcohol or nyaope or whatever then i'll just simply say okay fine but i felt prompted to help this chap yeah if he misuses it Let's, is this problem but yeah, i've done it. it he will answer for that one day exactly so, so if you feel a church that you have to question ah uh, no i'll give you the money but what are you going to use it for then don't it's give it yeah it's not a gift then you're not giving it freely you're giving it begrudgingly you're not giving it with a with, with expectation and that is a thing exactly. you can't give something with expectation exactly exactly 
Ah, no. I, I think the, <laughs> the, this topic can go on for hours. <laughs> but we must be aware that we are in these people's presence now. Next week they are here, so we'll have to... <laughs> <laughs> be careful, be careful. <laughs> and our names. <laughs> They'll come for you. <laughs> uh, it's very likely. <laughs> I think let's go for a quick, uh, quick music break. And then when we are back, then we'll tie up. We'll just get one or two takeaways. Um, <laughs> that, that we can live with for, for the stupid things. If you've come up with another stupid thing we do in Africa, then let's bring that in our, in our last 10 minutes so we can see what other stupid things we can discuss. Tengi, over to you. Play us something nice. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. That was the, the last song before the end of the show today. Um, we've had, a, I think we've done a pretty good job of upsetting a fair amount of people today. <laughs> Probably some very high-powered pastors that are going to jinx us and, and do a whole bunch of funny things. But uh, I, I, I think with some of the issues that, uh, that we face in Africa, these two are our biggest. The, the one where we don't have confidence in ourselves mm -hmm. and put other races or tribes ahead of us, um, thinking they know and can do better than us. I, I think that's a very big issue that, that we touched on that has to change. And the second one is pastors and, gosh, politicians as well, taking advantage of people, taking advantage of how desperate we are for, for things to change, uh, to, <coughs> to, 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 to use our hunger to make us do things for them. Uh, and, and for, for pastors and politicians, it comes in empty promises. Uh, in South Africa, we saw just after the 94 elections, or with the 94 elections, everybody was promised a house by, by the new government. And if we just use a little bit of common sense in these things, we know there's, there's no damn way. <laughs> and, and the jobs, you know, all, the, all the white men's jobs, you know, people were told that you're, that guy now is driving his Mercedes and he's the CEO of a company. When we come into power, that will be you. Ask the logical questions, people. Go back to what your mother and your father taught you. And if they taught you wrong, don't be afraid to tell them you taught me wrong. Get, find a nice, wise grandfather like, <laughs> like Bright. <laughs> find your own, though. Don't go find someone else's grandfather and ask him to teach you. <laughs> what... From your side, right? What is the in in each of these the the pastors and the, the the reverse racism? What one thing would you tell people to keep in mind going away today? I I think it's all about uh, personal confidence, um, particularly when it comes to the racism issues. And <clears throat> there's a certain amount of confidence involved in dealing with these pastors as well. Um, but over and above uh, confidence, um, people must question the motives uh -huh. um, and try to be sensible about what they do when it comes to giving to pastors. Um, they should keep their heads screwed on. Right. And, and if it makes you uncomfortable, or if, you think, if this is not something you would do in front of your mother or your father or your husband or wife, then don't do it. That's, that discomfort you feel inside, I believe, that still quiet voice, that's the Holy Spirit saying to you, dude, this guy's going to butt in your face. 
<laughs> There's something wrong with that. Yes. So, so yeah, just just question it, and, and and if you don't feel right about it, don't do it. Tengi, I can see you're still on mute on our side. You want to add one last thing? Mm, yeah, yeah, I think uh, is that, uh, common sense is very important. And like you say, uh, you always are in the family a wise person. And like I say, uh, the, if you speak uh, case by case in terms of a black being um, uh, racist with his own, I would say uh, it's, it's the most ineffective thing. It's, it's the worst because, like I say, if you treat your wife badly at home, you're never going to yourself. Yeah. You know? Uh, so you need to start by loving yourself and like instill confidence on those kids. Tell them that they are uh, unique and they, yes. they are not everybody. They are unique <laughs> and they came for a, a unique purpose. You know, uh -huh. tell them the truth from young and say, no, Jack is not you. You are Peter and Peter was born for a specific thing. So be this Peter because no one will beat you on being Peter. You know, exactly. uh, regarding the, the pastor, I think uh, we, we come so far, you know, uh, in general. In the world, and I believe that we need, like my brother said, to to regulate those structures. We can't let them just right. uh, grow and not say nothing. If today we can uh, structure the LGBT community, uh, alcohol and other things, and so pastor needs to be regulated. You know, we can't just let uh, such movement because I think we don't see the repercussion today, but in the next ten years we will see. How dangerous it is, you know what I mean? Because yep, from yep. being broke, like you say, uh, more people get broke, you know, more we get the war and revolutions, and you know, peace will be broken too. And and I think we need to go back to our drawing board in terms of who are we and uh, what is our purpose. And you know, like you say, a politician is telling me that uh, it's gonna build in five years uh, houses for everybody, mm -hmm. you know. It, if you are a man, you should see that something is, is wrong with what you say. Yeah. Common sense for being value. So I hope that we change it uh, and that we embrace the reality and that the unit called family start to do uh, the job and be real to the kids of Africa and say, you know what, you, you can't be Europe because you're Africa. You know? As they can have lions decide, you know, they will not uh, uh, try to have lions. They come to Africa to see the lions. So why do you want to have a, a beer? Because the bear, for example, is in Europe. So it's just enjoy who you are and don't envy it at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, it, but that goes back to its, its confidence, like Bright said. And what you're saying in, in one thing, Tengi, is its identity. And, yes, identity. And we spoke about identity. I think it was the, the week that we had uh, El Shaddai on the show. We spoke about a lot yeah. of the identity issues. So... If, if you missed that show, you can go to either the, the, the Facebook page for Ushauri. It's U-S-H-U-A-R-I on Facebook. Just go see there. All the podcasts and shows are uploaded. Or you can go onto any of the popular po uh, podcast platforms and just search for KMLD or Ushauri and you will find it there. Listen to that one because our identity is very important. Your identity as a citizen, your identity as an African, regardless of your color, your identity as a child of God. If you truly know what your identity is, you don't face any of these stupid things that we do. Yes. I, I think there are a lot of stupid things we forgot about, so we'll have another stupid show in a couple of weeks, I think. <laughs> we'll come up with more stupid things that hold us back, uh, stuff that should make absolutely, absolutely no sense. 
But I want to thank Bright for joining us today. Uh, it's It's been fun. <laughs> it's much better to have a guest on the show than talking to yourself for two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's been my pleasure to be on the show. And, and I know that we'll carry on with the discussion a bit later <laughs> this afternoon <laughs> as well. Thank you. Thank you for your input. Um, we want to thank our, our final sponsor for today. That's Nglovo Africa Consulting. And Nglovo Africa is a, a new generation advisory and consulting firm. Uh, we offer specialized turnkey solutions for project-based and economic scale assignments. And Glover's role is to advise, guide, and implement strategy and solicit resources. We help our clients to identify opportunities, source funding, and manage the implementation and risk process. You can contact Ndlovu Africa Consulting at info at ndlovuafrica.com. Tengi, back to you for the, for the last song for the show. Everybody, you have a very, very good weekend. God bless, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and share.